<laughs> Welcome to the CF Exchange Zone. I'm distance coach Nick Gruber. Back by popular demand, sprints and jumps coach Matt Sheehan. Well, I mean, again, legendary. But <laughs> that's why I'm back by popular demand. But, I mean, if you want, you can call Motel and ask him why I'm popular here. Coach Sheehan's feelings were hurt. Would we not include him on the last podcast? But, you know, I thought... As executive producer, I felt like we had to give Motel a chance to get his wheat, his feet wet before we threw him in the three-person podcast. So, you know, but oh, I got to tell you, you should have seen it. He was here. He had notes. Not only did he have notes, he had typed notes. So he walks up this typed out piece of paper, and I said, you really don't know. <laughs> you really don't know what we're going for here. You right, really, obviously, yeah. <laughs> he wanted to be more professional than this job. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to be more professional than us what, sitting I, around talking in the car and being like, hey, let's hit record. I mean, the question is, can you drive a car and read those notes? <laughs> the amount of people that were concerned about the windshield on the ride home made me realize that that might not have been the best. As our audience grows, maybe we can't do things like that. But while we're under 50, I think we can still we can get away with that. Or I could just buy wipers. I mean, we wouldn't have had the problem with my wipers and actually took the little, water off. It was a little touch and go there. My bumper looked like a, uh, a really scary thing in the morning because of all the flies. That's what the problem oh, was. That's what somebody said. I can't remember. I think, I think Elena's mom said, was it the flies? They it was the flies. Issue. Yeah. So to well, Mama Gumble, it was the flies trying yeah. to get them off the windshield yeah. that led to a real problem. Yeah. We were fogged up with the fly. Yeah. It was... Uh, it was it was not great there. This is the big showcase preview. It's Friday afternoon. We just had practice, right? Friday? Yeah. yeah. Friday little, just had practice. Good little mini practice. Good, good week of practice. Good week of practice. Before we dive into the showcase preview, because I, I don't think that'll be super long, I kind of want to, we did, you and I did our instant reactions episode. Motel and I did more of the in-depth when we saw the results. A couple things I want to just kind of tie, that will tie up there. And we said this, this was the first thing we said on the instant reactions, but just a great meet, gonna be a meet that I remember, I think probably as long as I coached, and that's gonna go into that group of meets where that was a special day for yeah. us, I think, yeah. Uh, another thing, I, was, I just wanna clear up, because I think that Motel and I explained this in a confusing way. We were talking about really? how, you yeah, I, this was Motel. This Motel was explaining the class structure, and we said that there's, we had a tough spot because we were trying to, on one hand, we were trying to put a lineup out there that would score the most points in a combined class meet, but we also had the variable of going just against the schools on Monday. Like I listened to the podcast back, and we were kind of confusing on how we explained how we approached it, because we said we cared more about how we did in the combined scoring, which is true, but we put a lineup out there that would do the best on Monday. And what we meant by that was, even though our goal was to do the best in the combined scoring, we felt that it was just too complex to kind of to overcoach it, if you will. And we just said that all we can do is score the most points as we can on Monday and hope that when we combine it, it equals out to being what we want. So just to clear that, just clear that up there. Other thing, I was thinking more about the 100 hurdles because you, t- because you said this in our instant reaction and we'll tell almost word for word said the same thing you said about the 100 hurdles being weird about not having a finals after they said they were going to have a finals. We didn't really care because Gianna Lawrence won and it didn't affect us. But I was thinking if Gianna Lawrence had not won, had not won the race, would we have gone to Drew Appeals? Yes. I'm thinking yes. That would have been my fifth time calling for Drew Appeals in the last 13 years in a championship meet. We're going to do you a favor. I would have called it. <laughs> Which I'm not going to try to say anything Maybe would have helped us win a jury of appeals. I mean, you've done it five times. Right? Uh, How many I'm, victories do you have out of uh, five? A zero. Well, that would have been my fifth. I'm 0 for 4 on calling for jury of appeals. I think I was right four out of four times. But 
be that be that as it may. Uh, you were the one, the one stack me. Yeah, that, that was. You know what's funny is the kids think that I'm laid back because it's been a few years since we've yeah. had an issue like that. And I was thinking when they always say that, I think back to that meet where I had my mm. hands on the table, ready to flip the table over, and just yeah, that was that story for another time. But I was definitely right about that one. And you almost got sent home, but almost, you were right. Almost got sent home, but I was right. Let's see, uh, class meet wrap up. I think that's I think that's it. I think that. We just started off with 100 hurdles, but one thing we talk about at the end of each podcast, you talked about this and I talked about this and then Motel talked about this too, is just I'd like to just reiterate that what allows us to chase team points like this is just, is just the type of kids that we have on the team. Just from every kid to every event is just they're super on board with doing whatever is needed as a team. And then you've got people like – so our upper end people – do whatever, whatever events are going to benefit us. But then we have a lot of utility people where we throw them all over the place. Like I think back to events that well, Elena up. has done. They, 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 everybody steps up. I just say they stepped up and they stepped up in that meet a lot. And we, they chose the Alyssa Denton's doing events that she doesn't do, you know? So all of this is really not to be like, I don't know what the right word I'm using for me, but I'll just say it. Like this shows the character of the kids. Which yeah. It really shows the character. No, I think that's a good. Yeah. Like our Absolutely. kids work hard. I mean, don't get me wrong. They occasionally whine, but they still do the whole workout. And they do – they get better and they work hard and they do what they're supposed to do. I mean, they listen. So ultimately, that just shows what we got as a team. My vision, one of my visions when we created the podcast was to inform parents about track in general and recognize their kids. But more so than that, get I, – I think that I am more proud of the things that happen outside the meet than like at the meet. And like that would be an example. Like I'm like it's easy to it's it's easy to see. Well, maybe not this year because spectators aren't allowed. But normally, no, <laughs> normally it's easy for spectators to see the accomplishments that take place on the track and in the pits and stuff. But more so, just the the character that the kids have and the work that they have during practice. That's stuff that's not seen, and that's kind of what I wanted to highlight when I had the vision for the podcast. That like, goes right into what you're saying about the character of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, moving on to our showcase preview here. How do you want to dive in? We probably should have talked about this before we're six minutes in. But I mean, like, we should have talked about how we want to do this. You want to go in the order? Order in which the events are. Okay, so first event of the day, event number one, is Steeple Chase with Quinn Sergani. Going on the same note, it was funny. Quinn is another one of those runners that just does absolutely anything that we ask of her. And we touched on last time where the nice thing is we get to the showcase and we put kids in events where we don't have to worry about team scoring. It's kind of like, hey, what do you want to do? What, you know, we decide what they're going to excel in. So we finally got to the end of the year where I was able to, for the first time of the year, say, hey, Quinn, what do you want to do today? And you know what her the response was? What do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, whatever you want. And she goes, well, I want to do whatever you think I should do. So it felt like, it felt like, you know, it felt like, a, it's like when I have like, Five or six friends over, we're trying to decide where to order food from. That's what it's like. No one wants to decide. So if that's the biggest knock on Quinn is she's too flexible when it comes to choosing an event, I think that's a pretty good situation. So actually, because I was really split on it as Quinn was, Coach Shan made the call on the infield. It was like, let's go steeple. And I said, all right, let's do it. <laughs> let's go steeple. And that's how Quinn wound up in the steeple. Yeah. Because well, my thought yeah. was a couple things. One. Steeple is an event where if you're willing to put the work in, you can get some advantages. Mm-hmm. Two, I didn't know how many kids were going to go steeple because there wasn't a ton of options to run it this year. Though the seeds would differ with what I just said. 
And three, I thought it was a good way to differentiate what she can do and show some of her strengths. I, I agree. And I think four for me, I, where we were – so we were debating – she actually qualified in the 15 as well. But we thought that she, I think, is stronger in the 3K and the steeple. Uh, uh, one of the big factors for me was she was class champion in the 3K steeple. So on one hand, you could say, well, why would you not run the 3K – I'm sorry, the 3K, not, not 2K steeple. She's class champion in the 3K. You could say, well, why would you not run the 3K when she was class champ? That's a pretty good way to end the year. Yeah. In the, in the, I mean, so she goes in the offseason. The last 3K that she ran, she was class champion. I, that's a pretty good – I feel I – mean, I don't – I've that. never been a class champion. Yeah. So that was part of the decision there. Yeah, and since you brought it up, you're right. I, the, a lot of talented distance runners went steeple, and I'm not exactly sure why. I, I think but They that, all thought like we did. I'll be honest. Everyone yeah. was trying to zig where people zagged. Yeah. So I, we all well, zigged together. And maybe this is some wishful thinking on my part, but I think a lot of people saw – Piper and Faith Ketchum and Sarah Lawson from Corning and said, uh, maybe we're better off trying to go an event that they're not going in, knowing that though, knowing that Piper was probably going to go 15 and eight and Faith is going to go 15. Sarah's going to go eight. Sam yeah. Woodworth is going to go eight. You know, so I think that that, I think you're probably right. I think a lot of people looked at it um, that way. So it's going to be a super competitive race for Quinn where this is only her second time doing the steeple and steeple is an event where there is without question, I would argue it's not her second time. Oh, you're going to count the relay? Well, I mean, she did it twice in one day. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was 800, but second. I'm sorry, I'll rephrase. Second time doing two K. Did she go over a barrier in a water pit? <laughs> second time doing two K I mean, steeple. People listening, I got a quick question. How many people today went over a barrier in a water pit? Yeah, yeah. She could say she has twice in one day. Okay, twice in one day. But I think it's an event where, and part of the rationale there too was knowing that was an event that her or Piper would maybe be focusing at the end of the year. Running it again, so twice on one day, is another chance to get it under your belt. And it's an event where really there's a direct correlation between the more you do it, the better you're going to be. So that was kind of the that was kind of thought process there. That is going to be an extremely fast race. If she's running with the middle of the pack in that race, that is going to be a really good sign. And I think you're going to have a lot of people in that race who aren't super experienced steeplers. It might go out too fast, too. It might, they, they might be a chunk of girls that go out too fast. We might really race. have to coach during that meet. We might, have to, we might have to coach her up during that meet. But I think we had a – we talked about different possibilities today. I think she does – she's generally somebody who paces pretty well. Yeah. So it's, I think that – I think that I would trust her – I think that she would – I think that she's better off trusting herself versus what other people are doing. I mean if the pace feels yeah. too fast for her, I think she's – she is, I think, smart enough to realize that early and then she can kind of – account for that better than some other people so that would be that's our first event up quinn so hopefully quinn will get us on a off to a good start there next up i believe if we're going in order of the meet would be what would be piper in the 15 right yeah yeah piper in the 15 uh, this is i think that anybody who is a distance fan a section four distance fan uh this is probably the race of the day or at least i don't know i think it probably is the race of the day you have showdown number three with Piper and Faith Ketchum from Corning. They ran the 3K up at uh, up in Rochester and Faith beat her. And then last Saturday, Faith ran six seconds faster than Piper in this race. So anybody following distance running in this section, I think you would have to say that Faith Ketchum is the favorite going in. But I think that based on, based on what's been happening in practice, based on the training, Two things, I would not be surprised to see Piper take her down in round three here, and I wouldn't be surprised 
this is, I mean, this is a lofty goal because she was nine seconds off this last Saturday. I wouldn't be shocked to see the school record go down. That'd be awesome. That'd be. I mean, she ran 452. Stephanie Bush's school record is 443.8, I believe. I don't think that can be the expectation. But we always say that distance running is honest, and meaning pra- meaning practice is honest. And she's been practicing really well, been training really well. I would not be shocked to see her go out there and beat Faith Ketchum. Is that? I think one thing to look for in that race: the longer that race goes on where they're close, the better that is for Piper. I don't think Faith has two 14, 5, 800 speed or 60 second, 400 speed. So yes. as that race goes so you're on. saying if it comes down to a kick, we got, Piper's has got the advantage. I think with, if Piper's with her with 600 left, I think that becomes a 50-50 race. If she's with her with one lap left, I think that's Ween's Piper's advantage. If she's with her with 250 left, that's going to be really Hopefully Ray Lawson's not listening to yeah I don't know if I I don't know if I give our I don't know if I give our following quite that <laughs> I don't think we're quite there yet <laughs> someday that'd be sweet though Somewhere if we had to watch what we say <laughs> yeah maybe Ray's listening but you know what if he is that's our strategy right there we're sticking to it next up on the track would be Piper in the eight that's a really interesting dynamic it's an event where out of the distance races I think it's probably it's not quite as strong as the 15 and the 3K this year. If we had a normal state qualifier meeting where you normally pick your seeds and such, yeah, that would be a stronger times. But this was like a blind faith picking. Very. I don't know if we. I don't know if we want to go into necessarily what that process is usually no, like. No, but that process actually just causes me indigestion. Well, and I was. I will just summarize it and say that's a very strategic and lengthy process of how in a normal year when we get to state qualifiers about how what kid gets in which event. More, here's the simple fact: everyone can see the seeds when they make some decisions. So some of the top runners would sign would hold on a little longer is what it comes down to. And not saying there's not top runners in that one, but not as many. Sub two twenty five is um, it's see. it's not. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's not as many top runners. It's I don't know if there's a runner. It's none of the top runners' strengths in the section this year. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the Corning girls are better at like the longer stuff. Uh, the, the the person. It's a really really interesting race at the top. The person that is going to be the freshest, that's the best runner out of the group, is Sam Woodworth. Now, if she's from poor sets. Now, if they were fresh, I think Piper, I would definitely like Piper's odds against her. They're both fresh. Piper's, Piper's coming off the 15. the high adrenaline high of setting a school record. So I agree with you. I agree with you. But Piper will be coming off the 15, won't be super fresh. I still like her odds in that race. There's about five people in that race. Um, you know, Sam's in that race. Lizzie Ostrander from Elmira is in that race. Uh, Piper Young from Elmira, Notre Dame. Is in that race, and then Bryn Hogan, who ran the anchor leg for SV, yep. is in that race as well. Uh, your, the, your winner is going to come from one of those five, and you know Piper will probably Piper's the only person coming off the fifteen in that race, which that's a disadvantage. But I think that again, I think her speed might carry her through, so she has a chance to win two events. That would be a pretty that would be a pretty prolific day if that comes if that comes true there. So those will be two very very exciting races where. We'll have somebody at the top of the race there. So moving on, we want to stick to our last race on the track, and then we'll go into the field. Sure. Yeah. So we have the we have the four by one girls, which might have been. I I mean, I think you got to give props to the girls four by the relay teams. Really, if you the the girls four by eight team, that was one of as a coach that was one of the races I've been like most proud of in the last fourteen years, just because it just. And we talked about it in the last few podcasts about specifically why, but 
that was just such a good race. That was super proud of, the, of those girls, but super proud of the four by one. That was, Motel and I thought about this last time. We almost didn't run that event. You, me, and Motel were talking right before seeds were due, and we, we had discussed a scenario where we weren't gonna run the four by one at the class meet. We said that maybe we take Gianna Lawrence out of it to do a fourth event, and the other three girls, they're running the four by four right after it. So maybe we let them run the 44 fresh. We almost didn't run that event. And then they went out there and absolutely crushed that event. So we we're super proud of that team at the class meet. Now they're rolling into the showcase meet, our quote unquote state qualifiers meet without states. Tough to run that. I mean, tough to run super well back to back because you're coming off such a high there. But I think we're pretty, I, they've had a good time. week of practice. They, say, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, they're, they're in the right spot. I know that they, uh, at one point had sore legs this week mm-hmm. by design. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how they run. I think that we're going to be in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're in a good spot. I think what it's going to be a fun race. We get another shot at Oneana and I'd well, like to see us beat Oneana. I would love to see us beat Oneana and anything, yeah. but, <laughs> but I think that. I think that it's the relays are fun. I know that you feel that way. I feel that way. I think that we think they're fun because the kids think they're fun. So anytime you've got a chance to do something in a relay, I, I just I always think that's really really fun. Formula One especially. I, so that I think that'll be. They're super excited. Those four girls are super excited to go out and run that event tomorrow. Horizontal jumps. Triple Horizontal jump. jumps. Triple jump. Triple jump. Your so wheelhouse. Gianna is three and a half inches behind Leah Williams. They are both two feet ahead of the next jumper. So it's kind of a contest between the two of them if they bring their A game. I mean, don't get me wrong. If they don't jump great, they can be caught by some of the people. Um, Gianna and Leah have met before. Gianna was in ninth grade. Would have put Leah in 10th um, at the state quality. Oh, Leah's a senior. Yeah. I didn't know that. Thought yep, she was Leah's a senior. Leah's a senior. Leah and Gianna jumped head to head. They actually were super friendly with each other because there was a third jumper there that day. Um, they both missed going to the state meet, but Gianna did get the better of her that day. So I'm hoping Gianna can get the better of her tomorrow. I think that we will. I think that Gianna is going to come out of this as a showcase champion, personally. Yeah. I, um, I think that she's going to make some moves. I, uh, I did, so I coached a lot of jumpers in my life, and I did some research. Gianna is now in the Matt Sheehan all-time number two triple jumper ever. She passed Coach Grace, who mm. comes and helps out. So she's a... Uh, she is five and a half inches away from passing my best triple jumper of all time, who also is a long jumper, took third in the state with 18 feet, eight inches, which is better than most of the boys we have this year. So that gives you an idea of how good that athlete was. So I'm just saying that Gianna's in a great spot. Hopefully she comes ready to go and ready to compete, and we will probably see some special stuff. What's the high end? What is the high end number that if everything was clicking right, you would say that she could do? I think she can jump 37 feet. He jumped 37 feet she jumped, 30, she jumped 35 feet without touching the board. Yeah. So there's eight inches. Yeah. So, yeah. and if she, and that's after doing long jump, the hurdles. Oh, the class meet. She, why don't you talk, why don't you talk a little bit about, about the difference between jumping at the class meet when you're in the events that we're asking kids to do versus going to something like this where that's so not the situation. if you look at her situation, she ran the four by one. Yeah. She ran the hundred hurdles. Yeah. And then she also had six long jump jumps. Yeah. So like, and I, you know, I, everyone always says, oh, that's not that big a deal. Try running a mile. But this is my argument. It, it's a huge deal. Everyone at home, just to argue my point, I want you to take seven strides, yeah. seven hard strides, and then jump as high as you can. And then just come back and tell me you feel good. 
Well, you know, we're gonna take a break of the podcast and let everyone try that. <laughs> they can hit pause. They can hit pause. No, 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 the pause. You can just right now. You should be like three strides into it. But my point being, like, it, and not to mention, you did seven run throughs, so you've sprinted as hard as you can. So for her, it's sixty-eight. It's uh, eighty-five feet. That's a lot of distance when he's well, putting and, down. And, and let me piggyback off that because I was. As an athlete, I had the unique distinction of I was like middle distance slash somewhat of a jumper. I did I did some high jump, did some long jump. It, they are they're tough in different ways. If you are so so take like Piper in that meet where or Quinn Quinn ran the four by eight, fifteen, and three k. When you're doubling and tripling the distance events, it's tough because from like a fitness standpoint, you're drained. When you're doubling in stuff like long and tripling the hundred hurdles, it's tough in the sense that like. Maybe like fitness wise, you weren't super gassed, but your leg, like you are fatigued. If that makes sense, that it's yeah. a little like because it's so like you're saying, if you do long and triple, and then you've got to go out and do something afterwards, you are, in my opinion, at least for me, my legs were so much more fatigued than before doing that. Even if it was eight runs down for yeah. whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a. I think you're. I think that's an important thing to touch on for Gianna in this meet because she will be she will be fresh. It's the same art. She'll be fresh. Yeah. That'll be the first thing she does. And then hopefully she's done with it before she hits the 4 by one but we can manage that. That's something yeah. that happens. She's going to – I mean, what I would say if Gianna was sitting in front of me, and I know she's not an avid listener to the podcast, but if she was. Oh, she's, she's cranking through. She's on like episode three. She's oh, she's me. catching up. She's starting from the beginning. Oh. Um, I would tell her she wants to set the tone early. Yeah. I think when – Two things are going on. She's not going to this meet to PR. She's going to this meet to beat someone. Yeah. So yeah, you want to set the tone early and then talk about the rest. So if she comes out with a big jump in the first two or three, and like if she's got the lead spot going in the finals, that's a big advantage in jumping. Yeah. So I would recommend that she sets the tone and from there continues the tone. Yeah. Let's move on to our last event, which is Lauren White in the pole vault. And you know what's tough when you talk about pole vault? I mean, Lauren has been pole vaulting for a while, and she's done well, and she's consistent. But pole vault's the most, least consistent event I've ever seen. A lot of times you can see kids go from – they can sometimes they shoot up a foot and a half in a meet out of nowhere. So I think Lauren can do a lot of cool things here. So who knows how that plays out? But that's a pole vault thing. Like pole vault is so so hard and fickle. And you, like, I've been at state meets where people know height, and I've been at meets where you expect kids to – do horrible, and they come over, and they're like, oh, I went 10-6 today. And it, there's no consistency in it, so it's a tough event to predict, and that big meets, kids seem to perform. So I, I, it's a weird thing about pole vault. I think it, pole vault's a hard predictor, hard thing to understand. That's something I don't think we've given enough credit to on the podcast, too. We talk about how like unpredictable a 4 by one can be because you can drop the baton and get DQ'd. Pole vault, you're right. You could have a 13-3 boy pole vaulter who vaults 13-3 or no heights. And Jimmy, when Vestal came, they had a boy who no heighted, but then he was working with him, like, just mm-hmm. to practice. And he jumped, like, he vaulted, like, 12-6. So I think you're absolutely right about pole vault there. And I, I think that, I think maybe I'll touch on a couple of lineup decisions that we that we had here. We already talked on Quinn. Quinn, Quinn was a three-event qualifier. Well, actually, four if you count the four by eight. But is an individual event, three event qualifier, and we already talked about why we went that route with her. Uh, Piper, we had the uh, we had a lot of options. We decided to go with the eight over the three k because she hasn't done an open eight and an invite, and I think we're kind of curious to see what she can do. And I think truthfully, fresh, I think she can maybe give Sarah Lawson run for her money. But Sarah's only doing the three k, so I don't think that 
I, I, she went and ran her best 3K. And I'll talk a little bit about four by eight decision because from an outside perspective, this is weird. We are the number one ranked four by eight team in section that. four right now. We decided not to run the four by eight because, for a couple of reasons. I think all those kids have been doing so many events during the year for the team that we want to give them a chance to go out and run individual events. But more so than that, I think that I, I think that the same thing like we said about Quinn in the 3K, being class champions in that event, plus the way that we won that event to class meet. We ran a time that I didn't think we could run with people running faster legs than I thought they could run, and we won a really close race. That's about as good as it gets, I think. And, you know, truthfully, there's at least one other school corning. If they decide to load it up, they can run a faster time than that. So I don't think we want to necessarily rely on what other schools are doing. So we decided to not run that on the track. I think, I think as coaches and athletes, we were content with that decision and taking yeah. that event in the off season. As long as we're bringing up relay, do you want to talk a little bit about? Do you want to talk a little bit about relay running in general? Four by one, four by four, four by eight, and just how I always thought. And I think that you and I look at things similarly. So I'd be interested to see what your take on this is. I always thought that relays are an attribute to the team. So like, yeah, it was, so we'll say for like the four by four, four by four and four by one, four by eight, the four by eight was Piper, was, um, was Catherine, Audra, Piper, and Quinn in their class champions. But it's more than just those four people on the track. Same thing with the four by one. It's more than just those four people. You want to kind of talk about how a relay is more than four people. And it's kind of like a tribute to like the whole, the whole, to be a good Sweet relay, team. you got to have 10. Yeah. Uh, not 10. Six, six runners. Like, right. Usually, right. and I'll, I'll be honest, I can think of years that we've had really, like when I was coaching, we had really good relays. Sometimes we had seven different people in it, and it didn't become the best team until the last week. And everybody, whether you're one of those four people that step on the track the last week of the year, you're very much, you're very much a part of that relay. And I, I think that in my 14 years of being here, I've had very good fortune in coaching a lot of really good guys and girls four by eight teams and some four by four teams as well. I have always thought, I've always felt that way. We have four, we have three sectional championships on the boys side for the four by eight, one for the boys four by four girls. We've hit state standards on years where teams were faster than us. If, yeah. you, if you hit a state standard, you slept me in the top two. We ran nine fifty one one year and didn't qualify because we had two teams run faster. So we had some really good girls teams too. We've had zero, I've had zero four by eight teams where it was four kids that ran that event. And the reason being is it just doesn't work that way. Well, you it's, get meets, you got different things going on, different try, goals, and very, different timing. You got different, you got people pushing people and it becomes, it, it, it becomes, it makes everybody stronger. So if you have four, you're holding your breath the whole year that somebody doesn't get hurt. And it just, it really goes a long way to make the team better. And We'll take the four by four. We ran a different we we ran a different lineup at the state meet than we did at state quals that year. Yeah, you know, just because it's the way it worked out. LJ was yeah, you know, and so I think that a lot of times it's confusing when it's like, oh man, this team ran really well. Why are you making a change? It's because it's more than four kids. It would be like it would be like winning a basketball game and only recognizing the five starters in the game. Yeah, you know, that's that's how I view really right there. Yeah, so I think that's I think that's our our showcase. Preview. What did you guys do for a sign-off without me? Yeah, well, I threw it to Motel. It was yeah, so dropped the ball. Motel. It was, yeah, I don't know well, why. Why don't you call him now? Yeah, I don't think. sign you off right yeah, now. Yeah, well, it didn't go so well. It didn't go so well. Well, let's talk, well, before we sign off. Oh, no, you're just trying to sign off and you're going to go back into it? Uh, well, I wanted to say, what to expect here. Uh, so, well, 
I meant going forward with the podcast about what we'll wrap the season up with. But for tomorrow, right now, no live stream because they are short on volunteers. But they said that might change if they could get enough volunteers to do a live stream they're going to. They are saying no spectators because there's going to be they – are, they are claiming there's going to be 499 athletes there. I have not taken the time to go and check that math. But I do think it probably is pretty close when we do a rough estimate there. So no spectators, no live stream, which is very frustrating. They are claiming that they are going to turn people away. And I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I think our following is small enough right now. I can still say things like this. While we encourage people not to come to the meets where spectators aren't allowed, I absolutely love when I see parents on the other side of the fence, 50 yards away, standing in grass that are up to their waist because they want to be there to support their kid and support the team. I'm never going to get mad at a parent for doing that. I don't think you can. I mean, our party line has to be no spectators, and I get that. But from a coaching standpoint, I... Gotta say, I, there's a part of me that loves to. You like, see you that. like the dedication. I, I love the dedication. I, I mean, the, and I, if this is how you lose your job as a coach because you shared your like dedication, yeah, so be it. Yeah, well, yeah. Hopefully, Mr. Ogan's not listening, but uh, you know, I, I thought he was one of our other listeners. What we'll leave, we'll end, we'll end with these two things because we didn't do this. We didn't do standouts from the class. I mean, I mean, it was really the whole team. But let's talk about maybe somebody that we didn't get a chance to highlight, and then let's pick. Let's pick, let's, let's pick an upset for tomorrow. Whether it be like a place or like a performance, like let's, let's do one of each. You have a stand-up. Can I do both and then yeah, you do yeah. both? Yeah, 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 yeah. You see we really rehearsed this. Yeah. Stand-up, <laughs> Audra. I thought Audra had a great name. Yeah. And I thought it was a quiet but yet super effective name. But that's, that's kind of her thing. And I was talking to her about this earlier, that quiet but effective because she does a lot of relays. Except when she's laughing. <laughs> she's a little louder. It's... She does a lot of things that aren't going to necessarily – it's like a basketball – we'll keep going with the basketball analogy. It's like somebody who is a huge benefit on the floor, but it might not show up in the box score. Uh, it, she does a lot of really nice things that because they're oftentimes in relays don't really yeah. don't really show up from a scoring standpoint. So I fully agree you, you made your point. with that. Yeah. Just trying to speed you up now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The upset will be the format one. They will get out of the Ooh, podium. nice. If there's a podium or if there's yeah. a ribbon, they will take in the top six. Oh, that'd be great. That'd they're going to run faster and set a PR for this or a season best for them. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make it happen. So it's going to lead to even more. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you took my standout. Uh, you took my standout from the girls' side. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's part of the part of the chaos of not rehearsing here. Yeah, good job. Um, hey, I'm, I'm not the executive producer who makes decisions. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Well, people. I think I think people like the natural, the natural yeah, yeah, feel here. As the executive yeah. producer, of course, you think everyone yeah. likes your decisions. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, of course, of course. Standout. I think that I think I'm going to take I think I'm going to take Catherine White because she PR'd in pole vault. And if we have any of those four legs, those, any of those first three legs don't happen perfectly in that race, we don't have a shot to win in Piper's leg. Speaking of Catherine White, Lauren White, I said this in motel, didn't, oh, I didn't know this in the car, vault off. Did you know that? They had it was a, a jump off? It was a jump off. Listen to this. It was a three-person jump off. Dave Forbes, sorry. Yes, Dave Forbes. Dave Forbes comes Whatever over. Forbes it is. Yeah, the older Forbes. Comes over. Gets the, this is from the motel. So if we have pole vaulting people there that you know, can have a different version of the story, whatever. Comes over, gets the Norwich girl DQ'd from the vault off. 
says she's not eligible because she had a miss that she had a miss that didn't make her eligible. So Lauren White and who was the who was the do you know who the jump off was? I don't even know who the Oh, obviously, obviously, yeah. Dave Forbes. Vault off, which I absolutely love. How many times in your head coaching at Binghamton did you get in a situation in like a high jump where... State meet. St- state meet. State yeah. championship, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> you want to tell that story? No, I don't want to tell that story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Pole vault, Alexis Bartholomew, state meet. Yeah. She won. Wow. Wow. That's, that's wild. That's, uh, uh, by the way, when you get into a jump off or a vault off, it comes down to your mental toughness. Yeah. We'll see what you see if you agree with this. Top to bottom in section four, girls class C pole vault is ridiculous year in, year out. Because Lansing, Schumsburg, and Waverly, they are like pole vault U. Like Penn State's like linebacker U. They are pole vault U. So wherever Lauren White places in the class C meet, it's like that's where she's gonna be in the section because if she were in a different class, it's like she would she would win. So uh, I think, I mean, I don't want to throw a ton of pressure on Lauren White tomorrow, but Motel is adamant that nine feet is in her repertoire, in her arsenal of, like, things that could happen tomorrow. Every uh, time to do it. Yeah. So I, if, I was, if I was picking things to see tomorrow, or, like, an upset for tomorrow, I think I'd pick, I'm going to pick two. I'm going to pick Lauren White, nine feet in the pole vault. Mm-hmm. I think that's doable. And I think Piper beats Faith Ketchum in the 15. That would be, like, if this were, if this were... Like, that would be a pretty... I think that would be a pretty big upset to most people. But I think to us, I think that there's a high likelihood that that happens. So, all right. Sign-off time. Now oh, we're good. I think we're good. We, were, we tried no, to sign, sign off up. three times. Yeah, okay. So at this point, I think we just call it. We'll call it. We'll call it until our end-of-the-year episode that will be... That we will debut our three-person podcast. You, me, Motel. Yeah, I think I got a lot of ideas for the executive producer, so um, tune in for the end of the year podcast. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned.